Hi, welcome to Push Dose Medic, where we focus on core concepts for the beginner paramedic. I'm your host, Jaron Gerald. This podcast was created to build a bridge between the knowledge gained in the classroom and the clinical setting. So thanks for listening, sit back, and enjoy the show. Welcome back, guys, to the Push Dose Medic podcast. I'm your host, Jaron. I want to thank you guys for tuning in this week. Uh, today we're going to talk about a non-clinical topic that I think that we can apply to make ourselves better clinicians in a whole. So if you're a new medic or a seasoned medic, I think we've all faced a time where we're in that moment of burnout or just being complacent. Uh, you didn't feel like you were really doing your job anymore. In EMS, not every call is high acuity, unfortunately. You know, that's why we get in it is to do all the cool stuff, all the trauma. But unfortunately, not every call is like that. So we can definitely face those down times where we lose motivation and ask ourselves, is this really what we signed up for? So when I thought about these topics, there was really only one person that came to mind. I found this guy off of just searching through medical podcasts, and he does non-clinical topics that I feel are really important for our mindset of being a medic and even being a nurse in any kind of medical field. So who I have with me today is a special guest. His name is Tony Falzone. Um, I met him this past um, ECHO conference in West Virginia, Pipeson, West Virginia, in April, and I just wanted to have him on here to spread his message to you guys. So without further ado, I'll let Tony introduce himself and tell you guys what he's all about. Thanks, Sharon. Um, so yeah, I, uh, uh, I do the, um, the Motivated Medic podcast. Um, I've, been, I've been in EMS for, I guess, 15 years now. Uh, been a paramedic. It'll be seven years as of August. Um, and I've been in the critical care realm for, I'd say a solid four years. I uh, started, um, as a, a volunteer fire department in Hopewell, New Jersey. And, um, just really, you know, liked that environment. Never, I have no history or background, no family members. Nobody was in EMS or the fire service, uh, or even the military for that matter. I did a little bit in the army. Um, so all this was kind of, my parents were like, um, are you okay? <laughs> Cause I come, I, I come from a background of educators. So, you know, my, my dad was a music teacher. Um, uh, now I will say my mom was an ER nurse, uh, for a, a brief uh, portion of time before my sister, my brother, and my other sister came about. But um, in any event, so yeah, been in EMS for about 15 years, did some uh, firefighting in there uh, for both Hopewell and when I moved to Tennessee, which is where um, my, my family are, are currently located, East Tennessee. I worked for the City of Dayton Fire Department in Dayton, Tennessee. Um, got into EMS because I, I wanted more time. I, you know, I, we see these patients in the fire service at the time. We actually weren't responding to all medical calls, but we were responding to your motor vehicle collisions, that kind of thing. And I, I just wanted to spend more time with the people that were going to the hospital. And I was already an EMT at that point. So there was a uh, an EMS service that moved up to the Tennessee region from uh, Austell, Georgia, Puckett EMS. Uh, they opened up uh, some you know, new locations around here, and I applied and got hired, and um, that was in 2010. Um, I went ahead and uh, you know, finally started to get in, more interested and started the paramedic program at Chattanooga State in 2011 and got my, um, my paramedic in 2012. And at that point, I, you know, I, knew, I knew I wanted to fly. Uh, I, that, that was the goal. Um, I, I wanted to be a flight paramedic, so I worked, uh, worked pretty hard, um, for, for a lot of years. And, uh, I just recently got hired at, uh, um, at Life Force Air Medical here in, based in Chattanooga, Tennessee, um, as a, uh, on the, the newbie on, on the helicopter. So it's just, a, it's a, a true privilege to be where I'm at, um, so, uh, so that's kind of the history of me, um, uh, married and I've got, uh, uh, several kids and, uh, love them to death. My wife's an, an educator herself, so she's kind of kept that part of the family going, <laughs> but, yeah. uh, but yeah. Um, so that's my kind of my EMS upbringing, if you will. 
Um, as far as the, you know, the motivated medic stuff, as I was growing through EMS, I, I started to see really good people um, and excellent clinicians that were, they were hitting a burnout mode. And I, I didn't understand kind of the, um, the reason why I just saw these people that at, at the time that I knew them to be good people and, and very experienced clinicians. And as I watched them throughout the, you know, their portions of the, the careers that I saw them, they just became very, uh, very jaded. And, uh, and that was a, a word that I learned kind of early on because I actually had a paramedic partner tell me that she's like, you know, um, you can be, become very jaded depending on where you work. And I didn't really understand that until I worked a lot more and, and, and saw people, um, hitting burnout. And I was like, ah, that'll never be me. And, uh, you know, what we all exactly. And a few, few bad pediatric calls and, um, and, you know, a lot of long, long 24 hour shifts with no sleep. And, um, you know, the, as well know, the, uh, the pay for EMS, um, is, is not that great. Um, so, you know, when, especially in North Carolina. Yep. And, and, uh, and <laughs> paid very poorly. Yeah. And, uh, and Tennessee and it, where I was working at, we were probably one of the highest paid services in the area. So that was a, that was a blessing there. Um, but still, you know, when you look at other careers, nursing and that kind of thing, um, it's not comparable. And I think that's just because of where we are in the industry, uh, as far as healthcare, um, it's, uh, you know, we haven't kind of, we haven't gained that foothold yet and we're, we're getting there. Uh, but, uh, so I, I just, I saw the need for, you know, for, for people to be more motivated. And I, I actually hit a point of burnout. We can talk about that here in a little while. Um, so through all that, um, I developed the, uh, actually my wife was the one that came up with the, the name motivated medic. Uh, it has nothing to do with me. It was all her. <laughs> so, uh, so she came up with the name when I was like, you know, what do I call what I'm trying to do? And, uh, I started doing, uh, motivational videos. Um, and then, uh, as I started to get more involved with echo, I developed, uh, uh my own podcast. Um, and, uh, it's kind of where I'm at now. That's awesome. Um, yeah, going back to like the, the jaded and that's why we get the, uh, the saying that we're fueled with caffeine and hate. And I definitely agree. It's where you work mm -hmm. at because I think I've hit more tiny burnout stages where I work now just cause we have so many nursing homes and it's just the same, you know, same circle. We're just doing the same thing over and over and over. And especially since I just got into the, uh, the flight world, I just want to do all this critical stuff and I want to fly all the time. and I that's not my full-time job. So I definitely do get a little jaded from time to time, but I have my ways of overcoming that. So good, that's, good deal. That's the important part. Yeah. And it's, you know, when you do hit that level of the, as I'll, I'll call the upper echelon of our education as pre-hospital providers, um, you know, the, uh, the easy calls as we might, might call them, um, they're, they're not nearly as interesting. And I, I think that's where we start to, you know, we're really excited about a really, really sick patient and all the things that we can do. And then the ones that, you know, that are, that are fine, they're breathing fine. They're, you know, their blood pressure's good. Um, they're not having any dire emergencies that, at that moment of time we get bored. Um, and that's when we have to look at the bring back in the human aspect of this is still a person. Um, and that's, and that's, yeah. uh, it's, it's a challenge. It definitely is. Especially when you, when you absolutely love to be in that environment, that critical care environment, and you're, you're eating it up, um, and you're studying and learning more things and finding out new ways to treat your patients and, and care for your patients in a better way. Um, it's, uh, it, it can definitely be, uh, challenging. Yeah. And especially with those routine calls and, you know, you get so used to, since there is no dire emergency, you get so used to just hooking them up to the monitor and start yep. typing your report and, you don't really do a full assessment. You're not really taking care of them. You truly are just an ambulance driver, like they want to call us at that point. And it, you always feel bad. I know I do. I don't know about other people when I read the report later on and I've missed something. And I was like, well, maybe if I would have done a little deeper assessment, maybe I would have caught that. Um, it's just not good for a patient care to have this mindset constantly. And it does get boring and it does get monotonous. But 
we still need to have the mindset that it's someone's emergency and it's. I absolutely person. agree. And then, you know, like I said, you know, bringing back into the, the human component there, it's more than just a, a warm body with um, a certain set of circumstances or symptoms. Um, but ev- everybody has a story. And uh, I, I, as long as I can remember from being a teenager to, to now, I love talking to people. I love meeting people from, from new backgrounds, from new areas, new countries, even, you know, um, and I'm, I'm developing more in my Spanish to, to kind of break some language barriers there as well. Um, but I, I enjoy talking to people. So when I don't have a whole lot that I have to do on the clinical side, um, you know, starting a conversation, conversation, uh, especially with the older generations that are, you know, that are, they're leaving us, um, every single day, you know, you have your World War II veterans, you know, your Vietnam vets that are, um, that are dying, uh, dying off that, that whole generation is dying off. And there's so much value in those patients and the stories. And, and even if they embellish a little bit or a lot, or, you know, um, exaggerate, you're having a conversation with somebody else that may not be having very many conversations anymore. And, and, you know, if you can be a light in their, their dark world, especially if you have like a stroke patient that's in a nursing home and maybe they don't have any more family and, and you're, you know, you converse with them. Cause I gotta tell you, my, my dad had a stroke two and a half years ago and he's, you know, he's, um, slowly but steadily declining. Um, and the biggest challenge that's that's been the entire way hasn't been his weakness per se but it is depression and when you get these patients that they're they're bed bound and yes they're it's a bls call you get a blood pressure you get a heart rate you get your your pulse ox out maybe you check a blood sugar you take them from point a to point b and there's no critical interventions that you're doing um but they're still they're still a person and and you know remembering that and keeping that in perspective and and valuing their life um, and hearing those stories, it's, it, it can be very refreshing, especially when you're kind of in a, a hard spot and you're, you're tired, you know, you're worn out. It's like, well, this is the, the fifth dialysis transfer and Hey, we're an ALS truck. Why did I go to medical school? Why did I, you know, go to get my critical care? You know, this, this isn't my call. And that's where you start to go down that, that circling drain of, of burnout when you start to have the, that thought process. So, um, so doing different things to make it interesting is definitely, uh, definitely a huge, uh, component of this. Going back to just, just talking to people on like on a BLS call, I think that brings up like two good points. For one thing, if you're talking to a vet and you see that hat, they've got some pretty awesome stories. And most of them, I, I haven't had any of them that I, I, course i don't ask about how many people you you've killed or anything <laughs> yeah. dark but it'll tell oh, you yeah. some pretty cool stories and it's it's a cool learning experience and secondly since i guess the the newer age generation is we don't know how to talk to people we get the bare minimum to sound smart in front of the nurse and the doctor but we don't actually go into actually yeah. talking to them we we base our assessment yeah. off what the monitor well, and- says so being able just to talk to somebody actually helps you with your and look at skills. You know, look at this is something you can do in your free time. A little, little bit of homework. Um, go into if you live in the South, you, you know what I'm talking about. You can go into walk into a Waffle House, or um, or if you live up north, um, walk into a diner and find an older group of people and see what they're doing as they're eating. Nine times out of ten, they're not going to be. They're, they're going to be conversing, um, maybe reading, sitting, reading a newspaper. Uh, you know, the majority of them will be doing actively having some form of communication or or learning. You know, whether it's reading a newspaper, or magazine, whatever. And then you look at the newer generation. Go to your you know your average coffee house or something like that. They're on their cell phone. They're on their their MacBook Pro or iPad. They may be sitting across from two or three other people and everybody's on their phone. It's it's a different type of conversation that we've grown up in. Um, and I, I'm just as guilty of this. You know, I'll, I'll sit in, in, um, in one room and be on my phone and my, you know, my kids are vying for my attention. And that's a that's a challenge with technology. Um you know, and, and we've gotten kind of sucked into this because it is a convenience and it is uh, appealing. And, and you know, especially 
when you've got your work email and, you know, I'm, I'm running my Facebook page and doing some other things with, um, with echo and work and, and things of that nature. Um, if you don't set those boundaries, it can, it can tie you up. But as far as the communication standpoint, you know, look at, look at the two different generations. Um, and you know, they were all about conversing and reading stories. So when you start to key in on, what they used to do for one, it perks, it gets their attention. Um, and two, it takes us out a little bit of our comfort zone because we're not used to talking to people, but if you, I promise you, if you step outside of your comfort zone, you take the initiative to talk to somebody, it's amazing what you'll learn from them. If, if nothing else, you'll get a, a really interesting story. Um, and, and like I said, everybody has a story. And especially once you, if you talk to somebody that's, you know, anybody over the age of 50, um, especially if they're, if they're a veteran or, um, or maybe, maybe it's a, a nurse that, you know, did nursing for 40 years and trained all these nurses and now they're in the nursing home. And it's, it's a very different culture that we live in now compared to what they worked in, what they grew up in, what they, uh, you know, what they went to war in and, uh, and being able to, to take something from that generation, um, and, and help mold us as, um, as providers, as, as people, as human beings, um, is it's priceless. Yeah. I, I totally agree with all of that. Um, I, I think it'd make you just a happier person being able to talk to somebody, um, not just blowing it off as a BLS call and sitting down with that person, talking to them, getting their story. It might perk up your day. It might actually yeah. help you stay yep. motivated a little bit. So I think that's really important. So do you have any special tactics or, you know, <laughs> here's, here's my 10, here's my 10 step ABC. <laughs> um, there, right maybe someday we'll, we'll see. <laughs> of course, I think it, it obviously is for each person. I have different ways I battle with things and different ways to stay motivated, but you have like a general kind of message to tell people when they're starting to feel down or having a hard time well, getting through calls. And I mean, stuff. first and foremost is having a plan. And I, I kind of talked about this in the, my most recent podcast that I uh, released a couple of days ago. Um, you know, we, we have our, our comfort zones and our familiar territory. And I, I referenced Tony Levere, who was a, a test pilot. Um, and Fred Jeffries from Boston MedFlight, he, he brought this up at one of the echo conferences and, uh, you know, um, great story. Um, Tony Levere, he was a, uh, he was a test pilot and the, the whole really cool story about him was the fact that he anticipated failure in anything that he flew, not as a, you know, Oh, woe is me. What's going to screw up again today, but as a, okay. You know, this is a new piece of equipment or aircraft. Um, you know, these are the things that I need to put in place in the event that, you know, A, B, and C occur, or maybe A doesn't occur, but C occurs and having, having that plan. So, you know, as we, as we go through our career, throughout our careers and, and you can look at your individual job role, you can look at your family, but let's, let's focus on the, the career aspect for right now you are going to have times to where you don't like your job. You might even hate your job uh, or hate what you do or get into a, um, a situation that is not, not where you want to be. And if you have a, if you have a plan of, okay, yeah, maybe we're the, for whatever reason, we're the BLS truck today. And we're going to do a couple dialysis runs in the morning. We may pick up, you know, uh, grandpa Smith and take him from the hospital after his hip surgery and go to rehab. And then, you, you know, and that's, that's the kind of day that you have when you are expecting to run the 911s, um, in, you know, wherever those are being had. So having a contingency plan of, okay, you know, if this is what happens, I'm going to, I'm going to have a good attitude about it. And, uh, and that's, that's really, if you, if you start your day off with, you know what? No matter what happens today, I'm going to have a good attitude. Um, nine times out of ten, you will end up having a good attitude because you'll, your thought will jump back. If you start to run into circumstances like you're you're starting to think of, eh, I don't like this. You'd be like, well, I did say I was going to have a good attitude today. 
And I know it sounds really trivial um, and very basic, but it, it you got to start with the basics, you know. It's uh, it's kind of like your trauma patient. You can't just go ahead and start doing surgery. You got to take care of the airway, breathing, and circulation. Um, and of course, now they're talking about circulation, yeah, airway, breathing. But I digress. <laughs> um, so yeah, as as far as you know, having a plan that's that's one of the first things. Expect things to go wrong in your day, and like I said, not as a woe as me, but as you know, okay. Look at what we do. Yeah, you know, we work in pre-hospital emergency medicine. Something is going to go wrong at some point or another. When you have your your chest pain patient, you know you expect them to not do so well. So you you put things in place to anticipate that that heart failure, that you know that cardiac event that's going to uh, cause your your patient to crash. Um, you know, similar like with uh, with rapid sequence induction. You know, you make sure you get your fluids and you're resuscitating your patient before you intubate them. That kind of thing. So have have a plan in place. Um, some of the other things that I do is, you know, look at the people that are around you. Are are you entertaining toxic personalities? Are you entertaining people that are um, kind of, you know, maybe they're very negative about your employer. Maybe they're being very negative about your patients. Are you are you taking responsibility in you know calling them out or removing yourself from that situation? Because if you're not and you're constantly in a toxic environment, you will become toxic. It's just, it, it, it is. And I, and I've been there. So I, I know <laughs> I've, I've had those toxic colleagues and the, you know, and, and, you know, thankfully very few, but toxic partners. And it was like, that's the last place I wanted to be. I, I, I've, I felt horrible for how they were treating me, how they were uh, and even, even if they weren't treating me bad, they were treating the patients with disrespect and um, and dishonor. And, and maybe they would say something to the staff at the hospital we were at. And it's like, what are you doing? And even right down to, you know, uh, stealing boxes of gloves. You know, it's like, dude, are you serious? You know, it's like, so if you're involved in a toxic environment, eventually you will become a toxic person. And I'm not saying to run away from every problem. Um, I'm saying take responsibility in what you can and what's yours and do what you can to either improve where you're at, improve your environment, or you may have to go to where you're actually removing yourself from that environment. That's Those are some key things there. And they're not easy to do. Um, but those are some of the things that, that you need to be prepared to do if, if you are in that type of a circumstance. That's extremely important for a, a beginner yeah. medic on the first job because you're going to potentially, you know, everybody's going to nursing and PA school now, but potentially retire from that job. And you don't want to, you don't want to get stuck in that rut that early on. You don't want to be in that old EMS mindset and just be in that toxic environment because oh, it will uh, affect absolutely. you very quickly. Um, I remember it affecting me because I was just like, oh, we just we just do this and we don't put a lot of effort into it because it's Mrs. Jones and she calls every day. And, you know, there will always be jokes made about certain patients, um, especially the frequent flyers, but there comes a point where you have to kind of stop that to be a professional and you don't want to be like those people you're hanging around um, because that just turns you into a bad person. You come out of school with this, this great attitude and then you surround yourself with negativity and, uh, toxic environment. And that's and something, you know, right talking to, you. to the, the new EMT and medic students, um, that's something to, you know, like I said, having a plan, be prepared for those people that you're going to start that new job and you're going to be the new guy or the new girl, um, in a new position. You are going to encounter those people and it might be on day one. It might be the partner that you get stuck with for the next, uh, few months or year, or, you know, uh, uh, hopefully not longer, but you may be stuck with that type of a person. You got to have, you got to have a backup plan as far as, you know, how is your attitude going to be? And it's, you know, I've, I've talked about how these are some of the hard things that you're going to have to deal with. You know, life, life is hard being a paramedic and EMT in this industry at this time right now, um, can be very, very difficult. It can be very rewarding. I, I, I absolutely love what I do. I love being a, a, a paramedic um, and now a, a flight paramedic. I absolutely love it. But um, it's 
it's not an easy job. If you're looking for an easy career, you signed up for the wrong one. Let me tell you. Um, and you're, you're in, you're in for a world of hurt and that's not to deter you from staying in it, but you, you're, if you want to get somewhere and, and have this career be really rewarding, you're going to have to work hard for it. And that goes for most any other career, but especially this one, because you're working with people that you don't know, walking to a place that you may never have been in, encountering attitudes of people that you don't know, that you don't want to see or hear. Um, and that, that doesn't have to necessarily be the patients. It could be the staff at a facility. It could be you know, another um, EMS provider. It, it could be your partner. Um, if you're, you know, if you're the new guy, girl on the truck um, or on the helicopter, you know, so, so having that plan of you're going to have to work hard in many different aspects as a pre-hospital provider to, to win at this career. And it can be done. It is being done. I'm doing it. Jaron, you're doing it. You know, there's, there's a lot of people that are, they're doing it and, and really enjoying and having a very fulfilling career in emergency medical services. But you, you can't do it by, you know, um, just kind of flying by the seat of your pants. Um, and if you, if you get into this career and it's like, you know, it's, this isn't for me. This isn't what I signed up for. That's okay to recognize. Get out of the career. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's not. Yeah. And, and, and that's okay. Don't feel like you're a bad person if it's not for you. It's. Just because it's like, you know, this doesn't fit. This isn't what I thought it was going to be. Um, you know, I had some other things going on and I decided to do this because somebody maybe recommended it. And you you realize after time and time again, this is not for you. It's OK to recognize that. Please recognize that. And please go follow what, you know, what works really well for you. Don't stay in EMS just because, well. I got into it, so I bet, I guess I better stick with it because then you are going to become one of those toxic people that people are going to despise coming to work with. And, and you're, you're going to give this industry a bad name. And I, I, I would rather, much rather see you use your gifts and your talents and love what you do in another industry, another, another career field. And that's awesome. You know, be, be a value somewhere else. That's, that's great. Um, but recognize it early. If you know, if uh, if you're like, you know what, this isn't for me. And I'm not saying give up. If it's if it's just because it's difficult and you know you can do it and you've got promise, that's one thing. But if you, you know, you are seeing a trend of this is this is not for me. This is not what I signed up for. I'm I'm not getting it. Um, maybe it's time to reevaluate what you should be doing as a career. And I'm seeing younger and younger EMTs and paramedics come up. I mean, I'm, I'm 37 years old. So younger to me is, you know, 20, 22, 25. But, you know, it's it, you see, and especially now, um, which I think this is awesome. You have a lot of uh, EMT um, education in high school. So you, you're, we're starting to get into more of the vocational aspect in high school, which I think is fantastic. Um, so you see these younger EMTs coming out, you know, fresh out of high school. And that's that's the direction they want to head. Um, so I, you know, definitely some advice for them is if you, you know, maybe it was a peer pressure thing, all your other classmates were doing it. So you're like, yeah, I'll, I'll do this. It's high school. You know, that's fun. Blood gore, you know, get to stick needles in people and stuff like that. And then you get out of that, that environment and all of a sudden it's just you and you don't, you know, it's like, eh, this isn't so much fun anymore. You know, have have a contingency plan and 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 take heed from other experienced providers if they see that this is not for you, um, not to take it in, in a negative light or say, you know, well, they're they're just uh, kind of, you know, trying to rain on my on my parade here. Um, listen to, to the people that are that you trust and that are wise if they're starting to say that kind of stuff. We uh, recently had an employee quit because it just wasn't the right fit. And I, I think more people were, were proud of her and no one gave her any kind of heckling or anything for quitting. She just realized early in her career that this wasn't the right path. Um, it takes such a mental toll on you and there's so many different things. It's yeah. just a giant game of clue that we're playing. The critical thinking aspect, the interpersonal skills, the constant changing of protocols and medicine, it's, like you said, it's not an easy job. And when you realize that it's, it's time to go. And I think the, the most oh, important absolutely. thing is just the mental absolutely. health aspect. When you realize 
yeah. that it's starting to affect that. It's yeah. either time to get help or go. Um, I'm, we are all really trying to stress, get rid of that old EMS mindset, yep. that whole suck it up and move on. That that doesn't work. Um, it, it hasn't worked for a long time. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. it's affected a lot of people with suicides and just bad mental health to begin with. Yeah. And I, I remember when I got into EMS and, uh, well, in the fire department, that's where I found it first is, you know, just, just suck it up and deal with it, dude. Um, and in, in certain very specific instances, that's accepted. But when you start to get into the, this career field and you start getting those bad calls, that is not the time or the place to say, suck it up and deal with it. Um, and that's, that's where our provider suicide starts to really climb. Um, when you have people that, you know, are telling somebody else that, and I, I, I completely agree with you. That is definitely starting to, uh, to diminish and decrease as mental health awareness, um, has, uh, really started to climb for, uh, for fire police and, and, and EMS, especially, I think EMS it's, it's kind of interesting. You always hear about law enforcement and, and eventually the fire department started to come into play when it came to mental health. And it's, I, I find it interesting that EMS seems to be kind of the last group to get into this as far as the, the awareness aspect. It, it is kind of odd. Um, I know we're not always the first to see the patient, you know, especially if it's a, a um, you know, not a safe scene or anything. And, Usually the fire department beats us there, but we uh, we spend a lot more time with these patients, and it really takes a toll on your mental health to spend that much time with someone. Um, I've never like connected with any patient or anything, but you kind of see the process from beginning to end. And oh like, yeah, absolutely, especially with our pediatric patients. You know, um, if you're running fire medic, then you can classify EMS and fire together yeah. as as one with the mental health thing, but. Some of my pediatric calls, you know, the fire department brings it, brings them to me, and then they're gone. They spend maybe five minutes with them. I'm yep. spending forty five minutes, and I think about those a lot. And I wish I had that peer support structure when I first started EMS, like what was it seven or eight years ago? Because I had those calls where I was told just to suck it up and deal with it, and I did. And then it came back. Yeah, and actually it came back to haunt me later on. Oh, absolutely. Between uh, with what Daniel Mills is doing with Fit for or nine one body check project, and you've got James Boomhauer with uh, Fit for Duty, um, you, you know you got there's like the Code Green campaign, and there's there's many other uh, um, you know resources out there for EMTs, paramedics. Um, you've got the the Fast Team for uh, for air medical for your flight nurses and flight paramedics out there. Um, com specs, uh, you know, your, uh, your law enforcement aviation and, uh, and there's, there's plenty for law enforcement and fire as it is now, but, uh, yeah, the, the resources are, are fantastic and they're just, they're getting better. And it's, it's encouraging to see that because, uh, it, it's much, it's very much needed for sure. Um, you know, you were talking about pediatric patients. My, I was uh, fairly new as a um, a full time firefighter here in uh, in Dayton. My wife was pregnant with our second uh, our second daughter, and uh, we had a uh, a situation where um, there was a, a premature baby that was born, and um, and that that patient did not make it. And uh, that uh, I was actually <laughs> I was doing my uh, my fire training part of the academy stuff that that we did for the department at the time. And I just so happened to be coming in for my, my Academy day, so to speak, we do a 64 hour class they do more stuff now. But, um, so I, you know, I rushed over there and like I said, we weren't doing medical calls at the time, but we, you know, it was right there. It's like, okay, yeah, we can assist with that. And, uh, rode in with the medic and, uh, you know, they, they, uh, there was nothing that you could do, you know, and that, it messed me up. It messed me up for, for a good bit of time. They had a critical incident. My chief recognized the, the issue right away. Um, I, uh, I actually got some, a uh, little bit of counseling, but the critical incident, uh, stress debriefing team, which was comprised of some local fire chiefs and assistant chiefs, they came up immediately. Um, my chief said, you know, go, go with these guys. We sat in a room for a couple hours. Um, about, I was a mess. And, uh, uh, so, you know, recognizing 
you know, like like James Boomhauer and Danny Mills say, it's okay to not be okay. You need to recognize when you're not okay. You need to ask for help. You need to seek help. Um, it's you know, if you if you experience a call that just doesn't sit right with you, it doesn't matter if it's a, if it's a kid or a neonate or somebody that's ninety years old. If that call bothers you in 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 any manner, um, for one, you're human. You're human being. You know, we see death and dismemberment. You know, we see things that the the average human is was not intended to see, but you know, and and we see it at a high volume. And you know, if if you're if it's bothering you, it's it, you know, it's okay to get help. It's okay to you know to reach out to somebody, um, and reach out to somebody that you trust. Um, and you know, if if you don't know anybody, you have all these resources. Um, you know, like Jaron and I said. So, but uh. Yeah, don't don't be ashamed to to reach out. Um, you, nobody in those in those groups that we mentioned, I want Buddy Check Project Fit for Duty, um, the Uniform Services Peer uh, Peer Council, um, and uh, you know Code Green. No, nobody's going to be judging you because they they want you to to continue doing what you do. Um, so I, I know I do. If you if you love what you do and, and you do it well, you know, it's don't let something like that get pushed under the rug and, and don't suck it up and, and deal with it because it will bite you um, and it'll affect you. It'll affect your family. It'll affect your department. I mean, you, you look at all these people that um, that have you know taken their life, taken their own life and how it's affected the departments that they were with, you know. Um, it's, it's a big deal. So please reach out to somebody. If, if something bothers you, don't, don't, don't be silent about it. Um, that's, uh, that's, that's what, you know, what we're here for kind of thing. I can agree. It's definitely put a toll on our department. Unfortunately, we had two, uh, that passed within, I guess the last three to about three years. Um, and that's one message for any new medics yeah. out there and even old medics, go ahead and get a handle on it. If you have a problem, let someone know. And if you're in the middle of your career and you were always brought up to just suck it up, you need to drop that mentality. Um, cause that's, that's very toxic and find somebody. Um, if your wife works at Wendy's and she doesn't understand what you're talking about, but you feel comfortable talking to her, then that might be your person. For me, I find it easier to talk to, someone that's mm-hmm. in our in EMS that actually understand what we see. Luckily my wife's pediatric. She ICU she nurse, gets it. So if I have a bad peds call, she can she kind of gives me updates anyway and she gets yeah. it. So it it makes it easier for me in that aspect, but anyone that's dealing with this you need to find a person um that's going to keep you kind of on your cloud yeah. nine, that's going to keep you motivated, that's going to keep you wanting to come back to this job and do what you do. Um if you don't find someone, you let this build up. Finally, it's just going to blow and it can be either bad or good. And that's a, another component to this. You, know, you asked in the kind of the beginning of, um, you know, what, uh, what things to do to, to stay motivated and to be positive in your career. Um, being aware of your mental health, uh, you know, your, your expectations of the career, being aware of your mental health status and then, you know, understanding that it's okay to not be okay and you need to deal with it, uh, in a, in a good way, in a constructive way, deal with the, the issues at hand so they don't get out of hand. Um, but the other side of this is, is, you know, you got your mental health, you got your physical health as well. And, you know, it, it, for years and years, um, you know, I was eating trash um, you know, you, you get those, those shifts where it's like, Hey, let's go run, run by Taco Bell or Mickey D's really, really quick. Cause that's literally all the time that we have in a 24 hour period. Um, or if you're at a, an extremely high volume service and, and you work a 12 hour shift in the same, same circumstance, um, what you eat matters, what you eat affects how you are able to handle the stress of what you do hundred percent. And I know if Daniel Mills is listening to this, he's probably jumping for joy that I'm talking about this because it's, because it's true. Um, we are some of the most unhealthy people in the industry when it comes to, um, 
you know, uh, first responders, if you include law enforcement and fire, fire department, fire department's a much more healthier group because they're, what they do is, um, there's more physicality to what they do. So they, um, for those that aren't staying on their game, you know, they're, they're not going to do well. Um, but for us in EMS, you know, what do we do a lot of time? We're, we're sitting a lot of the time, you know, whether it's uh, posting in, you know, between two different bases because everybody is, else is out on calls or we're at a fire standby or um, maybe a PR event. And, and we get into the habit of eating whatever's there. And yeah, I go right back to having a plan, have a plan with your food. If you know that you're going to be in a 24 hour shift and you don't have time to eat, you need to start packing a lunch, man, and pack a good lunch. Don't, you know, throw in, uh, you know, 20, 24 pack of Coca-Cola and, um, you know, two bags of uh, Reese's Pieces cups and, you know, a couple bags of chips. Be intentional with your with your your eating. I know for me, um, I actually uh, found out that I was uh, you know gluten intolerant and, and lactose intolerant um, through some some testing and some also some just personal trial and error with some food stuff because I was just having some issues, um, and I feel so much better now that I'm actually I know what it, what I can eat first and foremost. But I still I also am eating much healthier. Um, I've gone to more of a, uh, my, my buddy, John calls it a flexitarian diet. Cause <laughs> I will incorporate fish and, and occasionally chicken here and there, but, um, I'm more of a, uh, a vegan diet, um, to where I'm excluding a lot of that stuff. And, you know, you, you got to eat what's, um, you know, eat what you, what's good, what's good for you. Um, if you, if you like a steak, that's fine. Um, I think there's a lot of there's becoming more research behind eating certain foods, especially your red meat and your pork. Um, that's, you know, that's not going to be healthy long-term. Um, but you need to eat the right stuff if you want to be in the right frame of mind and it, it will affect you. The, the, the high sugar content and all of those, um, energy drinks and stuff like that. It's going to, that's going to kill you quicker than anything. Um, it's, it's going to affect your, your drive throughout your shift. So yeah, it might get you that, that boost for maybe a couple hours, um, you know, chugging Red Bulls, but eventually you're going to hit a point to where you're having to do more and more and more in order to get that energy boost. And before you know it, you, you can't have enough and it's, and you're not going to be able to sustain that. And, and then you're going to, that's, that's where a lot of this can play into burnout. If you're not physically fit and, and physically healthy, and if you're, you know, if you're listening to this and you're, you know, 400, 500 pounds, and I'm, I'm talking literally because I know some 400, 500 pound medics that are out there, AMTs that are out there, um, you can start today just because you're at that weight doesn't mean you can't do it. I, I've got a, a really good buddy of mine from Florida, uh, who's, uh, who's a critical care paramedic up here now in the ER. Um, my buddy, Chris Cole, shout out to him for sure. Um, he did, uh, uh, he's doing the keto diet and I'm, I'm not all on board with the keto diet, but it's working great for him. That guy's dropped over a hundred pounds. Um, eat healthy, be healthy. Um, you know, li- live, live well. And, uh, in, in order to, you know, I, I, I talk about how I love what I do. I, I do, but it's very hard for me to love what I do when I'm not exercising, when I'm not eating right. Um, when my mental health is sucking, you know, it's, it's very hard to do when you have all of those things out of place and okay, maybe you're eating well, but your mental health is in a, is in a bad place, or maybe your mental health is in a good place, but you're not eating well. And eventually, and I promise you this, if your mental health is in a good place, but you're not eating well, eventually your diet is going to start to take over um, because, you know, serotonin is created in the gut. Okay. So if you're, if your gut's all always jacked up, well, guess what's also going to be jacked up your, your frame of mind. You're going to be in a fog and, you know, think of like after Thanksgiving, you know, when you've eaten all those carbs and you get carb overload and you're in that fog, what's the last place you want to be when you get a sick, sick patient in front of you and you are the one making the decisions for that patient as far as how you care for them and your brain's in a fog. That's the last place that you need to be. And that's taking responsibility for you. It's taking responsibility for who you are as a provider. Take care of yourself. Get enough sleep. Don't, you know, do an all-nighter study event because you decided to schedule a test on a certain day and you got a 24-hour shift. 
And now you've got, you're going on two hours of sleep on who knows how many cups of Starbucks. Um, just try to get pushed through a 24 hour shift to get to that test that next day. You know, it's, it, you gotta, you gotta have a plan and you gotta take care of yourself. Um, and that's, that's one of the biggest components of being a motivated medic, being a, a motivated EMT nurse physician. So you gotta take care of yourself. Um, and your family ex- will experience the stress if you're not doing that as well. You know, it's, it, it's, it covers everything. It really does. Um, if you don't have a well-balanced life between your mental health, your physical health, your emotional, your spiritual, your, you know, your, if you're not exercising, start doing something, start walking around the block. If you're at work and maybe you, you have, maybe you work at one of those EMS stations to where you have a lot of downtime, you, you guys, you're, maybe you're a strict time on one. Maybe you get three or four calls a shift. Congratulations, because that's not the, <laughs> that's not the majority. Um, and take advantage of that. You know, on top of you doing your studying, um, turn Netflix off, do some push-ups, walk around the base. You know, do something that's constructive that's going to um, to wake up your brain, wake up your body, and, uh, and and you know, stay on top of it. And I, and especially for the new people coming in and put these things into practice early because if you don't it will get out of hand and you'll have people that they don't want any to do with any of this they're already in their rut they don't care to change um and there's some that regardless of how how motivated i am in my podcast or whatever they they've got their mindset they don't want to listen to anybody they just want to clock in do their job clock out go home not have to talk to anybody, do the very minimum. And thankfully that's not the majority, but you are going to run into those people. So have a plan in the beginning as you're coming out of EMT school, medic school, or maybe you're, you're, uh, you're an EMT and you're going, you're starting medic school this fall. You're starting your paramedic program. Understand these concepts before you start to dig into your studies. Um, and it'll, it will help. I promise you. Definitely. This is, not all just fun and games, trauma and blood. Um, that's that's a really good point to add into your your physical health. Um, I'm totally guilty because I have, I guess, a thermos and a half of Black Rifle coffee, and I love bang energy <laughs> drinks. So I'm I'm guilty on that. But oh, I, man. I eat pretty healthy, and <laughs> I can agree with it. If you eat a healthy healthy meal, and except for the uh, spicy chicken nuggets coming back in Wendy's, that's a uh, you can eat those. <laughs> But just eating healthy, you have a clearer mind. You can think better and you won't eat as much. You won't gain. You don't want to go start college and gain your college 15 and then start paramedic and gain yeah. your other 15. Um, yeah, because you, you, you will. Yeah. And I did in the beginning. Yeah. And, I've, you know, I've got my yep, dad bod, I did too. but it's cool. You know, it's in. So. <laughs> um, yeah, I, uh, I I did the same. I mean, I, dude, I was, I was over 240. Um, I'm, I'm sub 220 now. Uh, actually, I lost 40 pounds. Actually, yeah, it was, it was 40 pounds and I gained a little bit back um, just because I came off my my physical game as far as exercise. And I'm starting to get back into it now. I got a buddy of mine, he bought me a kettlebell. So I was like, well, I guess I got to use that now. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, you're, absolutely. You're at slow stations. It doesn't take much just to get up and walk around. Um, I honestly hate slow stations. Um, and I've just always been kind of a nerd and people say I haven't done this long enough. I'm just still new. I was like, I've done this for a while. I've worked at a lot of busy places and some really slow ones, but honestly, I feel more tired when I get home after a day of doing nothing than a day yeah. of me running and doing a bunch of calls. And it's just cause I'm, I'm lazy and I sit there all day and I watch TV and you know, I'm binge watching <laughs> practical jokers and, I'm not doing anything. So I just feel so tired and that's just not oh, good yeah. for my physical health. It's not good for my home life. It's not good for my job. Um, yeah, it just, it, and that's saying it's just a giant circle. So if you take, yep. if you don't start out in the right spot, you're just going to have a circle of toxicity and it's, you don't want that. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's something else, you know, if you start your shift off, um, you'll be like, oh, well, I'm just going to, sit on the couch and watch Netflix for the first four hours of my shift because nothing's going to be going on. Uh, those are some bad goals. Um, check your truck off, you know, do, do what you're there, what you're being paid to do. Check your truck off, make sure everything's set and ready because that's another aspect of it. If you're not prepared for your job, you're not going to be prepared for your patient. 
that's going to stress you out. It's going to stress your partner out. It's going to stress your patient out. It's going to stress, uh, stress the hospital out because you are bringing a very sick patient in that maybe you could have done some things for that you just weren't prepared to do because you decided not to check the truck off and decided to watch the, the local news and, uh, you know, see whose billy goat was in a tree that, that morning. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that, um, that we can get distracted by. And, and if your priorities are out of place, um, it's going to affect the, it's going to affect your whole day. It's going to affect your whole career if you, career, if you let it. Um, and I, you know, I've, I've talked about a lot of the, the heavy subjects, the negative things. Um, I want to, want to bring in the positive on this and, there are some exceptional clinicians, except, and, and these aren't just EMTs and paramedics, and, and those are those are a big component of this. But your your nurses, your physicians, your flight paramedics, flight nurses. Um, if you find if you you run into somebody that's that's motivated and they're they're eager to teach you, learn from those people, gravitate towards those people that are that are winning in their career and that are willing to teach you. Um, and don't, you know, don't put them on a pedestal, so to speak, because, you know, they're, they're human. They are going to, to fail at one point or another. It may not be in their job role. It might be in their personal life. You know, maybe they're a, a grade A paramedic, but they've had seven wives, you know, and I've, I've met those people, you know, they, they, they have a very unbalanced life and that's something that you got to be cautious about. Um, but as far as the, the positives with looking at your, your clinical practice and, and, and really optimizing, um, what you, what you want to do and being the best at what you want to do, gravitate towards the people that are, that are doing really well, that are, um, exceptional at skills. If, if you're having trouble with intubations, find out who's the most, most experienced provider or, or, or the best provider intubations, start picking their brain. And, uh, and that, that is a free, real resource that is right in front of you. And don't dismiss those opportunities because uh, it, it will help you along the way. Um, and, you know, maybe you're an experienced provider and you're, you're kind of hitting a slump and you see these new people and they're, they're gung ho and ready to go. Tap into that, you know, it's a, talk to them, be like, well, why are you so motivated? You know, why are you all all excited about, you know, this, uh, this car wreck where it's just a fender bender, you know, um, it, we, we can help, you know, both aspects, you know, both experience levels, the very new and the most, uh, you know, the most time on the clock and ready to, ready to check out and, and retire. So, um, you know, let that be a resource to you. Definitely. If, uh, I could end on some, on positive notes since we have, and like totally negative. <laughs> Sorry, man. The motive, the negative motivated medic, unmotivated. Um, <laughs> but definitely, uh, just pick apart the, the positives in in each call you run. Um, and I sometimes I still don't know what I'm doing. I'll have a call where I'm like, I I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, mm-hmm. but if I put the blood pressure cuff on, or if I called a, you know, an S3 heart tone while I was listening to lung sounds, you know if that's a positive and I can find it as a positive, let that fuel the rest of your day. Don't pick apart yeah. that you missed two IVs for the patient that really needed it. Um, there's so many ways we can give medications. It's not a big deal. Don't let the little negativities bring you down. Um, yeah, absolutely. Like you were saying, like find a mentor, find somebody, find a free resource. Um, my mentor was hundreds of people. I found them through echo. Um, that's what really put me on a cloud nine and, put some rocket boosters on it. And I, f- I flew out of here. Literally. I got an echo. I found mentors cause I was in a little slump. I wanted to fly, but I didn't know how I've been wanting to fly for a long time. I've read the books. I've, I've studied. I've, I'll be taking my FPC in, a, in about a week or two. Awesome. Um, but I've, I found echo and I found all these mentors and I found these people. I surrounded myself with like-minded people. And that's, if I could encourage anyone, if you want to fly, go to a conference, meet people and, join the uh, future flight crew within a year I'm already flying. So that if you surround yourself by positive people and like-minded people, that's going to take you and just boost you to where you want to be. Cause we all have goals. And 
I think just finding a mentor, staying positive and finding other people around you to keep that mindset will just boost your career like a, like nobody's business. I, I couldn't agree more. And I'm also a, a future flight crew alumni. Um, and it, it took me a little bit longer to get a flight job, but, uh, let me tell you, it was worth it. Uh, so worth it. Um, I'm, I am so excited for where I'm at, for the, the, the group of people that I, that I have the privilege to work with and learn from. Um, but yeah, yeah. Surround yourself with people that are going to speak truth into your life and, uh, and, and, and be positive and, and help you get to your next goal. That's, I mean, that's where you want to be. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, there's so much to this. Um, but when you get down to it, you get the basics in place, the rest will, will kind of follow. So, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, being a, a motivated medic as, as my brand, if you want to call it is, <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's pretty simple, you know, take care of yourself, respect your patients, love what you do. Um, enjoy, enjoy your career. You know, we, yeah, we see a lot of tough stuff. We do, you know, we might work with a person or two that we don't like very much or go to a hospital that, you know, that we're not too, uh, we don't care very much for just because of the attitudes, but there's a lot of good things that we get to experience. And I mean, you know, this is a privilege to, to do what we do. You get to, to talk to somebody that you, you might not get to, you know, you get to, um, to reach out to somebody that you may not have any other contact with. Um, and that can be both patient and provider. So, um, so, you know, make a difference where you're at and, and make the most of each opportunity because tomorrow's not guaranteed. You know, we just had, uh, had a, a devastating a bit of news this morning, um, of the, uh, the air medical crash, um, uh, nor, nor uh, North Memorial Air Care, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know, just remember the the families and the the colleagues of um, of those three individuals uh, that that were affected in that crash. Um, tomorrow's not guaranteed, guys. The the shift that you may be working right now, it's not guaranteed. Um, make the most of each moment. Make the most of each patient interaction. Make the most of each moment with your colleagues. You know, with with your family, go home. You know, love on your spouse, love on your kids, um, and, and take care of you. And that's, you know, it, it's this is life. You know, things happen um, that we don't expect. Um, you can always find bad things, and you don't have to look for the bad things. Sometimes it takes takes time to to find the good. Um, but uh, you know, maximize your your impact and. Uh, I love what you do. You can explore this career for everything that's worth. It's it's extremely rewarding. Uh, I've met a lot of people. I've achieved my goals in a very short amount of time. I've got to share my education with other people and help others. And it, it's not just, it's really not all just blood and guts and going really fast with lights on. Uh, there's a lot more to this job and mm-hmm. I can bring you a lot more happiness. So focus yeah. on that kind of stuff. Just don't focus on the job itself. Absolutely. If, uh, like Jaron said, if you are interested in, in getting into air medical and, you know, maybe you're, um, you're a, a nurse, a, a paramedic and you, you just, you're searching, you're kind of trying to figure out, um, get involved with the future flight crew. Uh, we are not doing one to my knowledge for the rest of, uh, 2019, but 2020, um, uh, there will be another future flight crew. So uh, to be on the, the lookout for that, um, go on to uh, the Echo Heliops uh, Facebook page and uh, and like it and uh, you know, subscribe to the Rotor Wash podcast or something else. And um, and uh, while you're looking at podcasts, you know, there's a Motivated Medic podcast out there too. <laughs> it's not too bad. <laughs> um, nah, it's, 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 it's all right. The guy's a little fuzzy, but you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, if you're looking to get to end air medical, you know, look up the, the future flight crew and uh, Echo, Heli- uh, Echo Heliops. Uh, and Echo stands for Every Coast Helicopter Operations. And uh, it's a little to no cost education. Uh, you can actually get a continuing education hours through um, 
through IAMED at the CME Collective and uh, the Rudder Wash podcast on there. Um, uh, you've got uh, Rebel EM, you've got Heavy Lies the Helmet, and so that's another education resource too. But but yeah, check out uh, check out Echo. Um, and you know, like Jaren said, Future Flight Crew, that, that was the best experience of my career to help set me up for where I am today, hands down. Um, it, it just, it, some exceptional people and, and, and these people want to see you succeed. And that was something that was so encouraging to, to be a part of. Um, and I'm still in close contact with some of the people that were in the future flight crew. Um, so, and, and, and most of us have, have gotten flight jobs. Uh, so it, it's just super encouraging. Um, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, man, this, this has been awesome. Uh, thank you so much for doing the podcast and, uh, and, and, and everything that you're doing with push dose medic. Um, I think it's, uh, it's just really cool. Keep on, keep on, keeping on, <laughs> keep on, keeping on. Well, you have a good message that we need to get out there to, to people. And I hope whoever is listening to it actually takes a hold of this. And, um, I encourage people to listen to the motivated medic. Um, my kind of stress release is just walking around the block for an hour or two. And this is one of the podcasts I listen to. Um, it's not clinical. I listen to a lot of stuff and sometimes it's nice to not learn what Emcrit and rebel EM is saying. Cause I get totally lost and I cannot connect with it. <laughs> it's yeah. definitely one I can connect with and it's good for your mental health. And it just kind of gives you a bump if you're having a bad day. So go check well, out I'm, motivated medic and I'm going to go ahead. I appreciate and that. With, um, Daniel Mills and, uh, James Boomhauer stuff in the, uh, in the show mm-hmm. notes as well. And, Remember, anything in the store you buy, 50% goes to the, the Code Green campaign. So I set that up because we've had a lot of mental health stuff with my agency, and I wanted to kind of help yeah. out with that. That's awesome. Well, yeah, that's uh, I appreciate that, man. Um, yeah, and it, it is non-clinical. Uh, I do not do anything clinical on my podcast for that reason because I, I, you know, I love the clinical side, but you gotta you gotta take a break sometimes. So. Yeah. <laughs> I address the I address the other stuff. <laughs>